Now, what we want to do, first of all, uh, we want to go into the Word of God. Now, if you were not here this morning, uh, you'll notice that I am in the middle of ministry on a lot of things here, and I'm going to give you what I'm going to be doing and hope you'll come and get into this so you can, you can learn the Word of God. All right, so I'm going to go to the Romans chapter 13. I'm not going to read all of that. I'm going to read Romans chapter 13 and uh, my key verse, Romans chapter 13. The book of Romans chapter number 13, because he's talking about authority. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read it out of the Christian Standard Bible, if I can do that back there. Romans chapter 13, I don't have to do it like the King James. I want to read it because I, my whole purpose is that you would understand what it's saying. And I'm dealing with uh, understanding authority is the teaching. 9 and 11 today, understand authority. But I, I want to show you some things about authority because if you cannot operate in natural authority, you can't operate in spiritual authority. And this is very, very important. Romans chapter number 13. I want to read this uh, out seven verses. Romans chapter number 13. Are you there? Okay, we're going to bring it on the street. Now, we are reading this out of the Christian Standard Bible. If you don't have that kind of Bible, you'll look at the screen and read it, okay? It says, let everyone submit to the governing authority. Since there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist, that exists are instituted by God. So then, the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command, and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror of good conduct, conduct but the bad. Do, do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what's good, and you will have its approval. For it's God's servant. He's talking about the ruler. He's talking about the king. He's talking about the governor. Uh, in that day, uh, uh, or the police officer, any, anybody in authority, okay? He says, now, uh, uh, if you do wrong, uh, uh, be afraid because it, it does not carry the sword. He does not carry the sword for no reason, for it's God's servant. It doesn't make a difference if they were, they had a problem obeying civil authority, governmental authority, all right? Uh, so in, it said, it is God's servant and avenger that brings wrath on the ones who does wrong, whether he's the judge or the, uh, the person who sits behind the desk. He, he, he's an avenger that brings wrath on the one who that do wrong. Therefore, you must submit not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. Now in verse 6 of what I really want to get to, it says, and for this reason, and for this reason you pay taxes. Now we get to the uh, he's talking about pay your taxes. Since the authorities are God's servant, continue attending to this task. Pay your obligations to everyone. That's my thing. This is that month I have to pay my taxes. Uh, hallelujah. House taxes. You're buying a house, you, you have to pay in this city in July and in August. I'm not talking about for what, for what you made. He's talking about on your home here, okay? All right, pay your obligations to everyone. Taxes to those who owe taxes. Toll, tolls to those who owe tolls. Uh, uh, otherwise, we call them tickets. 
You catch on, right? All right, pay your tickets. Don't look at nobody. Just say, pay your tickets. All right. Respect to those who owe respect. Then it said, respect those who owe respect, owe respect. So when you see people who police officers, you could have been a police officer. You want somebody to respect you. That's authority. Honor to those who honor, who owe honor. So why is he saying that? Because he's giving you a definition for the word authority. Now, this is what it means by authority. A police officer is a person in authority. So, if, say for example, if there was an accident, for example, on, on a highway or something like that, and then you have the police, he does not stop you by pushing on you, he uses his authority. All he does is hold up his hand, see? Or here's a guy who's just an everyday guy, but he's working with a construction company. Here's a guy that's on a school bus, everyday fella, but he gets out, he holds up a stop sign. You're supposed to stop. See, what, what, is, what is he talking That's authority. Whether that's the guy on the bus or that was the police officer who, who, who stopped you. Some people don't have red lights. Red light might have gone out. He stands in the middle of the street and stop you and say, oh, you come. Don't worry about the light because now I'm, I'm the authority. That's all he's talking about. That's what the authority is. Now, does he have enough power to, to stop people from coming? No, he has the authority. So what you respect is the authority. Ain't that right? So that's what you got to understand. So when you pay tickets, you're respecting authority. Now, the reason why this is so important is how you expect to operate in God's power and authority, and you won't submit yourself to natural authority. Okay, so that's what you got to understand, all right? All right, now, uh, let's go into the Word of God today because I'm talking about understanding authority, I won't be able to go through all that this morning. You're going to have to get that uh, on your teaching, or you might have already watched it on our uh, media. But we're going to go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number uh, 10, because we want to show you, you got to know your measure rule. Now, this morning, I dealt with only uh, understand authority. But now I want to go to Know your measure of rule. All right. Now that, come, that came from the last two verses. So I'm going to go back there first and then I'm going to come to 2 Corinthians. Uh, uh, let me just do 2 Corinthians chapter 10 first. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Know your measure of rule, verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13. Know your measure. Know your measure of rule. You got to at least know what I'm talking about. So that's why I'm going to have to go back and do two things I talked about. Just going to give you the scripture go to them and let you know what, what your rule is. Then you got to know your measure rule. All right. It'll catch up with you in a minute. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 uh, and verse number 13. Are you there yet? All right. Now watch what Paul is going to say. But we would not boast of things without our measure. So you need to be underlining those words because he's talking about you. He would not boast <clears throat> about things without, our, without their measure. But according to the measure of the rule. So you're going to have to know what that means. That's the only way you can operate in it. That, but according to the measure of the rule, which God has distributed to us. Now remember, I read to you, the other one, it didn't say distribute. 
So remember the word that I'm going to use when I go back to Romans 12 and 3. It's called distribute or distributed. Now, which God has distributed to us a measure to reach even unto you. So you're going to have to know what he's talking about to operate in praying for people. All right. Now, now why am I teaching on this authority? Because I believe God wanted me to teach on it because God want to do something in me. See, I'm a person that I just believe God would just take care of it himself. I mean, and God showed me that. He said, that's what you did when you had that open heart surgery. You just waited for me to take care of myself. But I did, but I didn't do it your way. So what we got to understand that God has different ways to do things. God has different ways to heal you. And you're going to have to get the wisdom from God to know the way to do it. You see, for example, I picked up on something at the food bank years and years and years ago. God, all this time I went through, I was just fine. And then one day, I have to take an MRI, just letting you know in here. I know all, everybody here and out there, but it doesn't bother me. I'm doing this because God gave me this teaching. So he showed me what had happened. And then I had an MRI and the guy showed me what had happened. And then he showed me what happened is, is touch your nerve in, down your center of your spinal cord, called it Salina nerve. It touches your bone, your, your, your spinal cord. And that's what happened. So now how are we going to deal with it? I told the Lord, I want you to deal with it. Now I know he's dealing with it, but you have to believe God. Now remember, I told you I got a teaching called uh, how, how, uh, how, we, how to Have Faith. And we got to understand something. We got to know how faith works. See, once, once you believe God for something and you've done your work spiritually, now, otherwise, Old Testament said, cast it on the Lord. That's what you did when you, when you prayed about it and went through what you had to do for it. Okay. Now, now what you do, for, you fight the good fight of faith. That's what it meant. All right, now you got to understand, now God has to do his part. It doesn't mean that it's not done. You got to consider it done when God did it. When you pray. See, that's what the scripture back there for. When you pray, believe that you receive. So when did you receive? Maybe I can get in the Maybe somebody just find that for me. Just find it for me. No need to go in there because I didn't get nothing. I think I got them. Hmm? Uh, <clears throat> Second Corinthians, just, just go there and find me the verse. I, I, I got to finish this first. All right. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Paul says, here we go, but we would not boast, uh, 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 not boast a thing without our measure, but according to the measure rule. But God has distributed to us a measure to reach unto you. So Paul said God gave him a measure. Then he said in verse number 14, for we stretch not ourselves, watch this, beyond our measure. You got to know what that means. As though we reach not to you, for we are to come as far as unto you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. 
So Paul had to know how far he could go in his measure of preaching. Remember, Paul was not sent to the Jewish believers. He's already covered them. Now his ministry was going to the Gentiles. But he had to know his measure. How far do we go? All right. Then in verse 15, not boasting of things without our measure. He keeps saying it again. That is other men labors. So you have to know how not to cross the line. But having hope that I want you to underline this in your Bible. But having hope when your faith is increased. So you got to know how is God going to increase my faith? See, it doesn't mean that when you pray, it didn't happen. Your faith was not strong enough or either God did not want to manifest to you at that time. But now because you have done your part, now you have hope. When your faith is increased, so that's why God answers some prayers for you allowed you to see some things in some areas. I talked about this morning when my grandson called on me, uh, come to my house, him and his wife, for me to pray for them to have a baby. Last year, uh, that was that, you saw him, he came here, well, since then he had the baby. All right, now what did God, why did God do that? He didn't just do that for me then, he did that for me years ago. Years ago, I've seen many people uh, that I prayed for couldn't get pregnant and, and got pregnant. And God showed me, he said, look, you, you have the faith for this area. See, you got to know your measure. All right. But see, when God did that for me, uh, as a matter of fact, I had a girl in here, uh, not a gay girl, she's a woman now. Her name is uh, Sister Harrison. You all know Sister Rita Harrison. She probably over there watching television, keeping our two babies probably, if she's not around in here, uh, and somebody else's babies. All right. She know about some babies. All right. But here, but here, watch what happened. We was in the basement. When we first went in the basement, uh, back there in 1988, I think that's when that, that happened. I don't know how old the girl is. How old the girl is is when it happened. It might have been 86, 87, 88, one of those years. But anyway, she came to church one night, Miss Rita, at that time she was Judon, all right? You know, Matthew Judon's mother, that's, we go here, all right? Now, uh, she came in and said, her baby don't have no water on the belly. And I told her, I said, well, that's no problem here. We have nothing barren, I remember the word, not barren, nor unfruitful in this house. And when that happened, uh, she came up for prayer. We was in the basement. And I prayed for her, and I told her, I said, now, what I want you to do, I want you to go back to your doctor, wherever you're going. She's a pastor, come, I have an appointment to go back. She, I said, I want you to come back and give your report. When she came back, I saw the smile on her face. I said, what's going on, Miss Rita? You want to say something? She stood up and said, Pastor Crump, they do not have to take my baby now. My baby have water on, on my belly. So I'm able, and that baby came forth. Uh, I can't think of a name right now, but we call her Miracle Child. Monica, Monica Jordan. All right, now, I'm just saying, I, I've seen many, many things with babies. I, I pray for babies. They're so easy to pray for. You know what I mean? They can't, can't mess with you. 
if you know what I mean. There's a young girl in here, but I don't mind, she don't mind me be calling her name. Uh, sister came and came up here, brought her baby uh, right up there one day. She had a trach. And I pray for that baby. She don't have no trach no more. Right. But I'm just saying, see, you have to know your major rules. See, there's some people you can pray for and God will heal them. There's some things you can pray for, God can heal them. Now, that's why God dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, what happened is people have faith to do things I can't do, but they have not paid the tickets. I'm just trying to use, and God can't, can't use them in, in the spiritual realm. See, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of things, but there are a lot of people don't have time. See, it takes time to do this. And see, what has to happen is gifts have to be discovered. So if you never use uh, your faith to pray for somebody, you don't know what your faith can do. Faith has to be discovered. You have to learn what your faith can do. You might have the faith to heal cancer. You don't know you never prayed for somebody who had it. You understand what I mean? That's why God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everybody has something that the other one don't have. That's why we call a body. But see, what happens is the pastor try to do it all. And I'm going to keep doing it until the, the others who have the gift show up. All right. But you've you got to be proven. To be proven, you've got to use your gift, pray for somebody, and then watch, see what God does, and then don't just say, well, I, I, I have the gift of healing. You only pray for one person. Wait, God give you another challenge. If you do a few, you'll see. See, I've been praying for the sick for many years. And that's why when God, when I pray for people, the pain may not leave right now. You got to understand how God works. But it, it will leave. That's what you got to understand. Some, uh, listen, there was a person healed by God, and God says while he was on his way to the priest, he said, just go show yourself to the priest. As he was going, he was healed. So you got to understand, we're going to have to get in there. We've got to learn how God do things. See, we want everything. We live in an instant time. We want everything right now, instant. We, we, we drive off, we'll drive off a, a window in a minute. And we pull up there and two cars in the front of us. You know what I mean. Take off. I'm out of here. I ain't waiting for that. I already ordered it now. I already ordered it. All right. Now verse 15 says, not boasting of things without our measure. See, you know, we don't need to be bragging about things when, when that had not been proven in your life. But having hope when your faith is increased. So I want you to look at, around at somebody and say, you can have it when your faith is increased. Right, so that's what he's talking about. That's my responsibility as your pastor is to increase your faith. The pastor that I started listening to the, on the Word of Faith Church, Pastor Price, named his ministry ever increasing faith. I don't know if you use this scripture or not, but I'm saying 
but your faith has to continue to be increased. You don't have a one faith. And what happens is when you never used it, you like the man who had the talent. Remember this morning I told you what it was? And he had it in a napkin. He never used it. But here's another guy had five used. He had come back with 10. Here's another guy with 10, had 20. That's how it worked. But see, you get some more. To, to him is given, much more will be given. But see, God can't give you no more if you don't use what you got. But to use your faith, you got to become a person of prayer. See, when you become a person of prayer, you're not going to be looking for somebody else to do it for you. You're going to be trying to do something for somebody else. And that's what we're headed to this year. Now, let, let me give you this, uh, this last one here. It says, not boast the thing without our measure, that is other man's labor, but having hope when your faith is increased. See, once your faith is increased, every time you pray for somebody and God heal them, your faith increased. So if I pray for somebody who, to have a baby and, and God did it, my faith increased. So when I pray for somebody else and God did it, my faith increased some more. Then you realize, man, every time I pray for somebody in that situation, God does it. See, that's what you're doing now. You're finding out your measure of rule. All right? Then it says that we shall be enlarged by you. Now God would minister more to me according to the, our, our rule abundantly. See, how do God, that's how God gives me the word. See, you got to understand something. The, the way God ministers to me it's the same way he ministered to you. He ministered to you with the need. He ministered to me with the word to supply the need. That's what it means. But my God, Philippians 4, 19, shall supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. Watch this. By the word, Christ Jesus. Well, I'm the one he gave the word to. So when you go to God with your need, God come to me with the with, with what to minister on. That's why you need to pray. All right, let's move on. Now, let's move on because I want to go to uh, know your measure rule. What? Okay, Mark 11. I want to know where I start. Mark 11. Now, this is, it, I don't usually teach out of the Gospels, but I use them for an example. So in the Gospel of Mark chapter 11, the Gospel of St. Mark chapter 11, Verse 20. All right. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree. Now, you need to mark this in your Bible because I said this several times, and then I asked for it, and you still hadn't looked it up. In the morning, they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, the fig tree was dried up now, but it wasn't always dried. Because that same fig tree was cursed. And the next verse says, And Peter, calling to remember, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. Well, he cursed the fig tree the day before. When he was on his way leaving. 
He cursed the fig tree. That's the part I needed in the script. When did he curse the fig tree? He cursed the fig tree. And then in verse, in verse number 21 says, Peter called to remember. What called to remember is what? When he cursed the fig tree. Uh, that's 21, 19, Matthew. Uh, Matthew 21. I don't know if that's the one you can check. Matthew 21, 19. And Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed. Remember what I'm saying. Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. If you look at what he says was, I said to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain. Now, what well, we know, we're not out here trying to tell a mountain to go nowhere. But the, he, but the point is, he's showing you the power of your faith. That's all Jesus is doing, demonstrating the power of your faith, of his faith. Now, that same Christ is in us now, the power of God. Ain't that right? I say ain't that right. The Bible said Christ in you is the hope of glory, but also Christ in you, the power of God. That's 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse uh, 24. I think I got that right. I go look at it, 1 Corinthians. Christ, it, Christ is the power of God. Well, that power of God is in us now. So you got to understand the difference between power and authority, which are the same words. All right, so when the Holy Ghost come inside of you, when the Holy Ghost come on you, it's when power is demonstrated. Now I'm going to show you that. We'll go there to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. Uh, here we had 1 Corinthians uh, 1 and 24. It said, but under them which are called both Jews and Greek, Christ, Christ the power of God. So, if Christ is the power of God, he is the authority of God. But you need to mark in your Bible. Because if you got the power of God in you, you got the power of God in you to heal. So when I do teach on that, you will see that when uh, Paul saw them, when, when Paul, the two different times now, it was time when Peter saw a man sitting at the gate called Beautiful Chapter 3. And then I think later on, and Paul saw a man who had faith to be healed. He saw that he had faith to be healed two different times. Well, if he saw he had faith to be healed, that means as a man of God, you can discern whether a person has faith or not. Now, the key is he had been hearing the word. See, that's why I gave you Luke chapter 5 one time. They came to hear and to be healed of God's word. See, most people who want to be healed, when they don't come get the word, it's, it's like you expecting God to do something without you. It's just, you got a part to play. All right. Now, let's, let's go to what I already gave you because I got to move on. I gave you a verse. I said we go there next. I just did mock. I said, for, I gave you 1 Corinthians 1 24. Uh, I'm, I'm through with Mark. What is it? Mark, for, that's what it was. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. See, once I show them to you, I'm done. It's your job to go read it. 
I mean, I minister and march on until I can, but I can't do all your work for you. I want you to get the tape, get the word, because while you're here, you don't have time to read. You know, that's what somebody told me. So you, go and so, you got so many scriptures, I don't have time to read all them. Well, go home and read them. <laughs> now you got time. All right. All right, Philippians, here, here we go. I'm sorry. First Corinthians 15, 10 on the street. But by the grace of God, remember I told you God's grace is God's love. Now you ought to have that tucked away somewhere if you don't know this Bible. You have two things that operate in you, and that's faith and love. Grace is God's love. That's, it was because of God loved you, he saved you. All right. Here we go in verse 10. By the grace of God, by the love of God, I am what I am. And his love and his grace, watch this, which was bestowed up on me. See, when God put his spirit on Paul, it was not in vain, Paul says. But I labor more abundantly. And watch what he says. Oh, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So God put his grace on him, and it's going to be the spirit on you who do the work. So you have to understand that when you're praying for people, you need to recognize the spirit. If you notice when we was in the office, I said, the Spirit of the Lord just came upon us. Well, see, when you said the Spirit of the Lord has come upon us, it's out of my hands now. That's why you got to believe. You're not believing me. It's the Spirit that sees the heart, and he knows the mind of the Spirit. See, so you can't just believe God's going to do something when you don't believe. you got a part to play. And then once you believe, then you got to hold on to your believing. You can't just think, you can do anything else you want to do, but don't ever give up believing. Because you're already into this thing now. And every day you will see an increase. Every day you will see things better and better. See, I know because that's what I'm doing. I'm not telling you to do something I'm not doing. And I don't know why God doing this, and, and I'm like this. Don't, don't, be, don't be manifesting me in front of the people. Just go heal me and get over it. <laughs> See, I've been here this morning. My wife will tell you I was up before 3 o'clock praying for you. Before 3. And then go back to bed. I went back and laid back in the bed and just like, what you laying down for? So I got up and come up here. That's how long I've been here. But see, the key is, when you got a message this powerful, you got to make sure that things are organized. See, I'm going to be teaching on, uh, I gave this to you this morning, I give them to you again. I'm going to be teaching on, and I just taught on this morning, and I'm going to finish that this time, and that's understanding authority. Now, all this is understanding authority. So I taught on understanding authority, then I, I'm teaching now on know your measure of rule, which I'm getting ready to get into and shut my mouth. And then I'm going to go to the third one, and that's know the purpose of authority, which I want to get that done today. All this I want to get done today. Know your purpose of authority. And then after that, when I come back, I want to go to the fourth part. It's authority is always delegated. See, if you, didn't, if you didn't get your authority from somebody who got authority, you don't have authority. You just out here. 
Otherwise, if you get yourself a horse and get yourself a batter, a, a gun, everything, a bag, and you ride down Woolworth, they're going to lock you up. You know why? You don't, you don't have no authority from nobody. All they got to do is ask you, are you a police? And you say, yeah. And they say, well, let me see your bed. And they say, this ain't real. Then you're going to be going right on down and get locked up. Because you know police officers. See, that, that's the same thing happened in pastorship. Who gave you the authority? I'm going to show you. If I'm sitting here and God did not give me the authority, then I don't have it. Then everybody that I have ordained, I call, and licensed is not legal. How can you get authority from somebody who don't have it? And that's what people are doing. They're going to churches where somebody got their authority from somebody who didn't have none. And churches are filled with that. They do that to get members. So, so that's why I'm going to talk about authorities always delegated. I'm going to show you that and show you why. And then I'm going to show you next how to build a legacy of leadership. Because that is what we do. Remember, we get my anniversary just happened. So uh, we get ready to go into a, a new year. That's, this is how I look at it. Once my anniversary is over, I get a, I celebrate. Thank God for everything he did. See, if you're in a, a certain kind of church, which I don't call it a nomination, then after you have an anniversary, then they, they say everything you did, how many people saved, how much money was raised, how many folks, and then whether they're going to keep you or not. And then we go to another. See, y'all don't know. That's really happened in churches. That's why a lot of pastors don't want to celebrate church anniversary because they know they're going to take that thing. I say, well, this is how many people saved. This is how many people Sunday school. This is how much money we had in Sunday school. This is how much. And then uh, uh, you didn't make as much you did last year. We got to get us another pastor. That's what they do you. We got to get. Well, see, that can't happen here. Because we, we, we didn't put me here. That's how you got to know. And, and so that's why I'm going to deal with authority because this is one of the most misunderstood things in a church is authority. Where people are not authority, trying to give authority without getting authority from the person who gave them the authority. And they said like this, we don't want that. We don't want that. See, that's what happens in churches. We don't want them working with us. See, you got to understand authority. It's just like you working at General Motors. You get hired at General Motors. How many people ever work at General Motors? A lot of you in here don't. They, now, when you got working at General Motors, did somebody say they don't want you working over there with them? It didn't make no difference, did it? They, they not paying you no check. But see, that's what happens to you. You got people in churches. That's why in the church, you gotta understand, you got to understand. You got to understand authority in the church. All authority comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, down to the body and the members of the body, and I am the person that God gave in this church. That's why the Bible said in Ephesians 4, we're going to go there also today, he gave some pastors. Now, if he gave you the pastor, what he gave you? He gave you authority. So the pastor he gave you is the authority. That's why you can't just say, I don't want them working here. You see how that sound now? Where you get that from? Didn't come from me. 
See, that's what happened in the church. Now, if you go to my daughter Cassandra and you want to get in the choir, you know what you got to be able to do. If you said, Pastor Crump, Sister Renee won't let me be in the choir, you know why. <laughs> Don't you? Do I have to tell you why? Right. Because the Bible says a man gift make room for him. So if you can't sing, she's not going to let you stay in the choir. Everybody have to rehearse. Do re me for solar t do. <laughs> Remember that in school? <laughs> no, you don't have it, Earl. All right. So let's move on. So 2 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 10, verse 18. Uh, let's go back to 2 Corinthians because I want to show you one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 18. I stopped at verse number 15. It says, not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labor, but having hope when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our, our rule abundantly. Then it says, what, what, what he, God got him to do, to preach to God. That's what he had to, to preach the gospel in the region beyond and not boast us in another man's line of things made ready to our hands. You know, otherwise don't go and act like God gave you that. You know what I mean? When, when he didn't, you know. And then, but he that glory, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commended himself is approved. See, just because somebody says, uh, well, I'm an apostle, and that's, I've had somebody come to this church one time, and they first came to the church, uh, they were prophet sons. I was introduced to them as prophet somebody. And then the next time they want to come, they said it was apostle somebody. And I asked the person, I said, is that the same person came over here a year or two ago? He said, yes, the same person. He stays in, in Illinois. I said, well, he was a prophet, now he's an apostle? I said, no, no thank you. See, that's what you got to understand. How in the world you go from a, a prophet somebody to an apostle son? See, that's what happened. And those gifts are authority. That's what happened. But I won't, I won't mess with that till I get to it. But I will not be easy when I get there. All right? Uh, because I don't believe in, you know, Shortcut. Now let's go back to Ephesians 4, 7 through 10, and then Romans 12, 3, and then I want to go to Matthew 21, 23. You want to write them down. Ephesians 4, 7 through 10, uh, Romans 12, 3, Matthew 21, 23. All right, let's go to that. Ephesians chapter 4. You got to know what God gave you. You've you probably been hearing me say this a, a lot of time, but, you, but I say sometimes I say things over and over different ways because God continued to show me more words. All right, here we go. Now, Ephesians 4, 7, are you there? We're in King James. But on every one of us, once again, on every one of us, that's including you. That means if you're in Christ, in Christ in you now. I always understand, when I'm ministering, I'm ministering to the church. The body of Christ, not just everybody here. Because if Christ is not in you, then there is no hope of glory. You understand that? 
So it's not just you in Christ, but Christ got to be in you. Do you understand that? Okay. That means you have to have the Holy Spirit. All right? But on every one of us is given. See, grace is always what? Given. All right. It's given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. That word grace there is God's love. But it's based on, now God's love is his power. Now I'm getting into some serious stuff here. So you got to really hear me real good. But unto every one of us is given God's love according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now what is the measure of the gift of Christ? God's faith. Always God's faith. All right? Because there's a your faith and a his faith and a her faith. All right. See, there's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ is what we're talking about. But on every one of us is given grace, but it's according to the measure of the gift of Christ. All right? Now, the measure of the gift of Christ is God's faith. And also, but unto every one of us is given love, his power, is according to your faith. If you notice, what did the Lord Jesus Christ say in the old, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Be it unto you according to your faith. See, what you do is you want God's power to operate in you because that's God's love in you. But he operates in you according to your faith. How many got that? All right, half of the church. I'm keep going. All right, but every one of us is given grace. See, God gave you his love. Say, God gave me his love. God's love is in me. Put it this way. God, 1 John 4, 7. Say 1 John 4, 7. God is love. Say, say I'm the temple of God. God lives in me. God's love is in me. God's faith is in me. Now, God put his love and faith in you because this is how you operate now, spiritually. God's love, look at Galatians 5 and 6, after we leave here. Put that in your notes. But on every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, watch what he's going to say here. Wherefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, gave gifts unto men. He gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, what it is that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is also He that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Now, he did that to fill all us. Okay, that's, and also fulfill all the teachings. And he gave some. Now, this is the authority. And he gave some. Not all, he gave some apostles. So when I say I'm an apostle, I'm saying God gave me the authority in the church to be an apostle. Now, that, 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 that is something if you're not. Because you're in trouble with God. Now, I can show you that in the Word of God. You, you don't ever want to take these and lie on God. Because if I say I'm going to pastor this church and I'm not the pastor, then I'm lying. If I don't have the gift of pastor, see, I have the gift of pastor and the gift to teach. 
And to be able to have the gift of pastor, you got to love people, not just the one with money. Somebody say amen. And he gave some apostles, an apostle is like the father of the church. I had a person always talk to me, and she used to call me eloquent. And I used to always wonder about it. I, I, I'm not, my name Earl. She said, call me Ella. I said, it's Earl. But she was saying elder. <laughs> You'll catch on. And that's what people do. They just take up a word and they call it Elder Crump. And, it's, it's, and don't realize, they just say, let's call him Ella. Ella Crump. The word pastor and elder and bishop is the same word. So if I change my name to bishop, it may mean more and get a little more prestige, but pastor is the same word. My, my daughter right there called me Bishop Big Daddy. I, I, don't, I don't get all pumped up. I know that's Pastor Big Daddy to me. <laughs> Amen. Love you, sister. Watch this. He gave some apostles. Now remember, this is authority in the church. He said this is God's authority in the church. Right. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and some teachers. Here's why for the perfecting of the saints. Now that was during the days of Israel in the earth, the church of God. Us continued for the work of the ministry, and that's still going on. For us, for the edifying of the body of Christ. See, we are not the saints, we are the body of Christ. So God gave me to this church to edify the body of Christ. Now, that's very important because I'm going to show you, you got to know your measure rule. And you got to know the purpose of authority. I'm going to give you the purpose of authority right now is to edify the church. See, I know why God gave me. Here, here, here it is. A person said they are an apostle, but they can't build the church. See, I'm going to show you how we're supposed to build the church. And I'm going to rebuke everything that's not God's authority. So when we go through this, we may lose some folk. But it's going to be pruning. So if you're supposed to be here, you'll weather the storm. Don't get mad with me. Get glad with me. Because we all have to submit ourselves to God's authority. And we are talking about I'm, I'm operating in the gift of pastor and teacher. But that's really who he is. So you got to understand something. Listen, he puts that on how many thousands of people out there. So you got to understand something. I'm called pastor and teacher, but at the same time, it's his gift. His gift of Christ is in me. The gift to teach, the gift to pastor. So I'm a steward of the grace of God. I'm just a steward of the gift of pastor. I'm a steward of the gift to teach. Do everybody understand that? I must be faithful to the gift of Christ. All right, I'm going to stop there for now. What I gave you Ephesians 4-7 is what I want to show you. All right, the gift of Christ is faith. The grace is the love. 
Now let's go to Romans 12, 3. Are you enjoying the word? Yes. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3. See, I'm here, I'm here to give you what God gave me. Remember, I got other things that I, I want to teach on, but God kept pushing me to this. All right, here it is, Romans 12 and 3. <clears throat> For I say through the grace given to me. Now remember, God, grace is God of love. To every man that's among you. Now grace is given to you. We're going to show you that it's God's love. So why would God give him the authority and give him the love? Why would God give me the love of God in my heart and give me faith? Why would he do that? So I can love you. It's nowhere in the world I can love you. I'm talking about everybody in the church. Like I supposed to if I don't have the gift of love. That's what's the problem with so many people why they don't stay connected. They can't love. If I don't walk in love, the faith in me won't work. Say it. If I don't walk in love, God's faith in me won't work. Now that's what goes on in churches. See, you see people walk in bitterness, envy, strife, jealousy, malice, all inspect faith away. It's not gonna work. The purpose of God's love is edification. I gave it already, right? And I'm gonna show you that word edification is to build up the church. See, we all want the church to grow. Why are you angry? We always all want the church to grow, but why are you not speaking to Sister Susan? We all want the church to grow while we ain't walking in love. See, that's what happened. You know who get the blame? Me. I'm the only one gonna get the blame. You're not gonna get the blame. People who don't walk in love ain't gonna get the blame. The church cannot grow unless we love. Let me say it again. You about clap your hands. You ought to clap your hands this time. Let me know it's not you. I want that camera all around over there. Because you got, if you know the church grow by us walking in love, then why don't we all walk in love? Nobody want to go to a church where folk is not walking in love. Would you want to go to somebody else's church and they ain't walking in love and you walk up in there and somebody treats you nasty and cocky attitude and, and all this other stuff. You know what you said? Forgive me, sister. I just won't come back here no more. Thank you. <laughs> Most people are, lead churches based on a handful of folk that go there. Let me say that again. Most people lead churches based on a handful of people who go there. Not everybody in church walking, not walking in love. But there are some in the church that do not. So you got to look at your life and get to walking in love. The only spirit that builds the church is God's love. Amen. Let me say it again. Amen, lights. 
Now you know why we got all these bulbs, all these light. Look at 1 Corinthians 8, 1. I'm going to show you a scripture. The only, the only one. So you got to understand something. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that one. Uh, not today. I want to get in all of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. One verse. I don't hear nobody. Well, somebody want to say something before I get there? 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Only one spirit builds the church. Now it's touching things off of the idols. We know that we all have knowledge and knowledge puff up. You can have knowledge and get puffed. But love edifies. Only love can build the church. So why is it not built? So that's why God want me to minister on this. And I believe if we all start working in love, people going to start walking through that door. Isn't that what we all want? But you don't want them to walk, in, walk through the door and run into you. You know who you are now. Don't, I'm not calling no name. Come on, am I right? Yeah. Would you want somebody, say for example, you brought some people to the church and they met you. Um, you know who I'm talking about now when I say you. You who not walking in love. Now, if you, you walk in love, not talking to you. You know what I mean. But when you're not walking in love and people meet you and they get a, get a, a sniff of that. <laughs> they go somewhere else. Come on now, you know how, you know how it is. How many have visited a church before and, and, and was turned off? Sure. Sure. And that's what happened. So we... That's why God showed me, if you can love them, you can keep them. Come on, clap your hands. I need y'all to greet with me. All right. Now, Matthew, Matthew chapter 21, verse 23. We're going to be here while I look like. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 23. Now, this is, what the, this is what they asked Jesus Christ. Matthew 21 and 23. When he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the scribes of the people came unto him as he was teaching these, these big shots. Now, these are the big shots in the church uh, in, under the law. They were the scribes and the Pharisees, the one who wore the long gown, robes. And they came to Jesus and they said, by what authority? Doest thou these things? And who gave you this authority? Now that, they said it that way, but it, it, it still made sense. So God is going to give them, his, give them the answer. Now he's going to say to them, he answered them and said, I'm also going to ask you a question. If you tell me, I would, then I would tell you, well, I would have thought I'd do these things. They said, the baptism of John. Where was it from? From heaven or men? See, they know if he said from heaven, they supposed to did it. And they didn't do it. So he was letting them know the authority came from heaven. I'm just going to see, can you figure that out? 
Uh, let me say it again. And they read among themselves, said, well, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why didn't you believe him? So he's telling them, my father from heaven gave me the authority. See, as a pastor of this church, I have to know that the father gave me the authority through his son, Jesus Christ. All right. Now, let me show you how, how when he said it already. Go to John 14, 10. Now, let's go to John 5 first. John 5, 27. Because he, he told them already, but they didn't hear it. That's why a lot of times he said, I've told you once, you didn't hear it. John chapter 5 and verse 27. Verse 26 says, For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given his Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority. See, he's telling you how he got his authority. The Father gave him authority to execute judgment, also because he's the son of man. So he gave his son authority. Now you got to get this real good. John 14, 10. So you will know when did God give you authority. Because you do have authority as a believer. You don't have to be a pastor of a church to have authority. You are authority because you are a believer. Come on, say, I'm an authority. I, I, I have authority. Because I'm a believer. Now that don't mean you are the sheriff of the church. I didn't say sheriff. Somebody said he didn't say sheriff. Because the first thing people said, I'm, I'm supposed to go straighten y'all out because I have authority. That is not what I just said. All right, let me show you. All right. Now in John chapter 10, I'm sorry, John chapter 14 and verse 10. John chapter 14, verse 10. See, you don't need no shaft. You don't need nobody to straighten nobody out. The Lord straightens us all out. We need to walk in love. Everybody need to do that for themselves. It's walk in love. If we would walk in love to everybody we meet in the church, don't go around nobody. Don't go, don't go the opposite way. Sometimes you need to pause and say, I'm not going to leave out right now. I'm a, Lord, which way will you want me to go? And Lord said, you know I want you to go there and say something to that lady you keep bypassing. He'll tell you. But will you do it? And will they stay there when they see you coming? <laughs> Hallelujah. John 14, 10. Now remember, if they walk away, that's you. you. You say, well, Lord, I walked that way. I was going that way. And they left. You just say, well, you, do, you go that way next Sunday. Because sooner or later, they're going to move to the other side. John 14, 10. Here we go. Are you there? Believe it thou not that I am in the Father. I'm, I'm going to show you how you know you have authority. Believe thou not. Jesus said, here it is. I am in the Father and the Father in me. If you have authority, the Father is in you and you in the Father. Let me put it this way. Christ is in you and you in Christ. It's no different than what I've been telling you all the time. So if you have authority, you just can't say I'm a new creation in Christ. But you also got to say in 1 Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, Colossians 1 Christ in me, the hope of glory. So it's got to be both. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, in Christ, you're a new creation. But you don't have the spirit yet. So when the spirit come in you, he gives you the authority to be a believer. So you have rights and privileges as a believer. 
in your prayer life and also rebuking, resisting, and all called evil spirits. You have that authority already. You have authority to pray for the sick. Now remember, you got to know your major rule. You got to make sure you have Christ in you because you don't, this devil can come in because there ain't nobody in the house. Because you got to understand something. You don't have Christ in you, you're an open house. You don't get it. You're having open house. So you got to make sure Christ is in you so the devil don't come in your house. You get out here binding and rebuking and he said, well, you ain't got nobody in your house. Why don't I come in there? Come on, you got to have Christ in you. Right. So once Christ is in you, you are a believer with the same authority as a pastor. There's nothing that I can do you can't do. See, you need to know that. Now you need to use your authority to begin to pray for me. Don't just look at me. Don't just sit there and say, you know what? I'll be watching Pastor he get up sometimes. He'd be so stiff, he can't hardly walk. Well, why don't you pray? Don't sit there and talk about me. You sit down in that seat in my office for three hours at a time. You'll be stiff when you get up. Because, see, I'm not going to be like this always. You hear what I'm saying? Listen. Listen what I'm saying. I, I, I know what I'm going through. There's a whole lot of folk in this church going through at the same time. And I asked God about that. I'm going like, you got, there's something that you're doing. I don't know what this is, but, but he's up to something. I'm not the only one going through something in this church. And I've been learning something in the word when you got a church full of folk that's going through something in their body, going through something in their health, going through something in their finance, I don't care what it is, going through something in their everyday life. Something is about to happen in this house. Come on, get up on your feet. God is up to something. That's, that's all I got to say. I said God is up to something. Look at somebody said, Daddy is up to something. You know what? I, be, I believe this. I believe this with all of my heart. I believe this with all of my heart. You never heard me say this probably since you ever been in this church. But I believe we are up for a visitation. Yes, sir. And I'm not just talking about a move of the spirit, the wind blows through. I believe the spirit of God is going to come through this church one day and we all going to know it. From the pulpit to the back door. I'm talking about just like it was in the word. He already lives inside of us. But it's an awesome thing for all of us to sit here and know he's in this house. 
I believe right now we just take a moment and let's reverence him and let him know we are waiting, we are waiting on him now because he came in. Listen, that was a day in, on the day of Pentecost. You remember that day in the word? They were in, in, in their own, all on one accord. And the Bible said, suddenly, there was a wind from heaven begin to blow, blow up on that place. And the Spirit of God filled them all with the Holy Ghost. Listen. I believe in a God of repetition. I don't know about you, but I believe with all of my heart that is going to happen at this house. You might not know when it happened because you might be on the floor somewhere. But I'm going to be like my little brothers and sisters. Whenever he comes, whenever Santa Claus comes, I'm going to find out because I'm going to stay up all night. All I ask God to do is let us all witness. Let us all witness the very power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I ain't play I'm not playing with you. Say, Lord Jesus, make me a witness of the resurrected Christ. Come on, thank the Lord for it. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Hallelujah. Don't y'all worry about me, though. I'm in good hands. You, you ever see this commercial? All state, they're in good hands. I know I'm in good hands. That's why I know he's up to something. You, you know, you know, you, when you've been walking with God for years, I've been walking with God over 40 years, and I've seen this before. I've seen it before in church, in the church. When we was on Martin Luther King, I saw it. And all of a sudden, things broke out. People began to come from all over. People started getting healed of all kinds of things. If you didn't have nothing wrong with nobody, you wouldn't have to be worried about nothing happening in the church. He's up to something, I tell you. That's all I can say, he's up to something. Something about to happen in this house. Now I want you to say to me, I'm expecting, Pastor. I'm expecting, I'm expecting God to move. Any minute. That's how you got to be when you come to church. First Corinthians. I want to say also to my choir this morning. Y'all sound so good. I'm telling you, it's, it smells like Something happening on everything. Paul preached Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That's what you got to believe. Not only hear it preached, but believe it and receive it. Christ died for my sins. And he was buried and God raised Jesus from the dead. Now he become both Lord and Christ in your life. Not only you in Christ, now Christ in you. 
Once you hear the word, once you believe the word, once you trust in Christ's death and resurrection, for your salvation, the Holy Spirit comes in. You don't see this happen. It's just like it is when you have a garden. Stay up all night, but you're not going to see that seed grow. But just as sure as the Lord just touched me on my left shoulder, my time is up. And I thank you for your... And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.